Hello, and welcome to The Franchise Life. My name is Stacey Shannon, and I am your host. Today, we are going to talk about funding options. So this is January 2023. People are setting new goals, and hopefully one of those goals might be exploring franchise ownership. So I have invited Kristen Gordon, who is a national account manager with Benetrans Financial, to join me as our special guest today. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me, Stacey. It's exciting to be here. My pleasure. All right. So, you know, what I like to tell when I start talking to a client and we start exploring the discussion of franchise opportunities and where their interests lie, many times uh, clients do not want to start talking about funding because they have no idea what concept they're interested in at that point yet. But I like to tell them, or use the analogy, I would say, as um, buying a home. So if you are looking to buy a home, you don't go out and just look at any home to begin with. You first the first step is really to under meet with a financial institution and understand what your buying power is or investment level is. So that is exactly the same steps, I would say, that should occur with franchise opportunities. Wouldn't you say, Kristen? I would agree with that entirely. You know, as you're evaluating those different franchise opportunities, there's always that one crucial common denominator, and it's the need for funding and making sure that you're adequately funding and doing it in a way that's economic and efficient for you. Yeah, absolutely. So with that said, um, there are a lot of options out there. I mean, when we look at how to finance a business, uh, certainly uh, uh, one of the, I guess, most popular ways would be through the Small Business Association, a small business loan. Um, you know, there's certainly self-funding if individuals have that opportunity to do so, which is great. But many individuals do need to rely on some type of outside cash infusion, let's say. So uh, two areas that I would really like to focus on with you, Kristen, today, and I would say that aside from self-funding, these are the two primary ways that clients uh, in 2022 that I worked with helped fund a business. And the first is certainly through an SBA loan, and the second would be through a 401k, leveraging some type of retirement, which I would say many people are really surprised that that even exists. So, so let's put that one aside for right now, and let's start with SBA funding. What does that look like? And, you know, just dive in for us on what an SBA SBA loan looks like? Yeah. So when you're thinking about the SBA or more specifically the Small Business Administration, their mission is really to help entrepreneurs start or grow their business. However, it's not the SBA that's directly lending the money to those business owners. Instead, those small business owners are securing an SBA loan through an authorized Small Business Administration lender, such as a bank. 
And what the Small Business Administration does is they provide that bank a guarantee for a portion of the loan. And the intention there is really to mitigate some of the risk and incentivize financial institutions to lend money to small businesses. And that's there to open up doors, like you said, for different business owners to move forward with a franchise opportunity or the opportunity that they're investigating. Fantastic. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go right ahead, Stacey. So what did, what do some of the requirements, just minimum requirements look like for, to be eligible for an SBA loan? So there's a lot of different things, right? Benetrends really specializes in working with different lenders. And we understand that banks might have different appetites for different business concepts and different borrowers' profiles. And we find that many times there are a few things that are important to think about as you prepare to navigate that SBA process. One of them, of course, is timing, right? On average, we see that loan process take around 60 to 90 days from packaging to loan submission to approval and closing. But of course, there's other factors that can impact this, such as whether or not there's real estate involved in the transaction. Is that going to add timing to the process? Uh, If a candidate's just starting the process and they're unsure about SBA lending, uh, Benetrans can help with a free pre-qualification, just like you said in your mortgage, mortgage analogy. And during that that consultation, we like to really help under help borrowers understand what some of those common requirements are that lenders might have. And we really think about that in a couple different ways. We want to think about it from a liquidity perspective, right? Is that bank going to require a cash injection? On average, we see that around 20 to 30 percent. And then what kind of post-closing liquidity does a borrower have, right? Once that cash injection is made, what amount of liquidity do they have left over to support their expenditures and their debt service for a reasonable period of time? Another thing that we want to help candidates think about it is what a lender's expectation may be of credit. Do they have a strong credit score? Uh, what does their past credit history look like and how will that impact them for in the SBA process? Other things that lenders sometimes additionally consider or look for is personal collateral. Can a borrower collateralize that loan potentially with something like real estate? So when we think about, um, so you mentioned credit. I mean, credit plays a very important role here for just even consideration of a business loan. What, what are the minimum requirements from a credit standpoint? Yeah, on average, I would say with a lot of the lenders that, that we've worked with in the past, they look for a credit score of around 680 or higher. And if, let's say, an individual has a credit score of 800, does that affect the interest rates with a small business loan, given their credit history? You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on more than credit. It's certainly not going to hurt, though. Okay, great. So a couple things. I mean, there's there's pros and cons to small business loans. Um, certainly, it, it is absolutely a way of funding a business and provides individuals the opportunity for becoming business owners through a small business loan. 
uh, you mentioned the the time frame in which it takes to get funded, and it 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 can be a very laborious process. I myself. I've had a small business loan when I opened up my boutique fitness studio and the amount of paperwork was, oh my gosh, it's not (laughs) fun. But so, um, so pros and cons, let's transition then to, uh, leveraging retirement funds because this is really an area that it's easy, it's quick, um, and it, you know, it should be penalty free if done the right way. So can you talk to us about what that program looks like for an individual? Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. It can feel like such a paradigm shift when you hear about that process for the first time, right? So I always encourage individuals to think about it from the perspective or the example of working uh, with uh, your retirement funds in corporate America, in, in corporate America, right? What if you switched jobs? Uh, and in that case, the individual may have rolled retirement funds from one employer to another. And when they've gone through that, they have to think to themselves, did I pay taxes or penalties if I did it the right way? No, right? I moved my retirement funds from one plan to another. And then taking that idea a step further, With an employer plan, we sometimes see that uh, employees are eligible to participate in their employer's retirement plan, which allows them to purchase stock in the company through that retirement plan. What we don't always think about is that behind the scenes, those proceeds from that sale of stock can become company assets that can be used to fund the business needs. And using some of those common practices make up what we call the two key pillars to this funding strategy of the ROBS process or the rollover as business startups process. And really that is rolling over funds from one qualified retirement plan to another, and then also setting up a corporate structure that allows a retirement plan to own stock in the corporation. And that combination is really used to create the foundation for the rollover as business startups program. And entrepreneurs can really do that in four pretty easy steps, like you said. What we do is first we establish a C corporation with a customized retirement plan. We design a new customized qualified retirement plan for their corporation. We roll over your retirement funds from your existing retirement plan into your new corporation's retirement plan. And lastly, their corporation now has the capital to use for business expenses once that retirement plan buys the stock of that newly formed corporation. So like you said, it's a strategy that with eligible funds can allow an entrepreneur to invest funds, potentially tax deferred and penalty free. And it can sometimes even be used as the cash injection for an SBA loan. And on average, an entrepreneur might be able to to accomplish that process in as little as 10 to 15 business days. That's incredible. And I think it's important to, you know, well, let me ask you this. Uh, When I do mention retirement funds to individuals as a way of financing a business, sometimes fear comes into play because that is something, you know, that is a sacred account and that's talking about your future and so forth. 
How do you help individuals? Uh, how do you help talk through individuals about uh, lessening the risk of utilizing those funds, Kristen? You know, I think it's so much about uh, consulting with the individual on all of the options, right? There's going to be pros and cons no matter how you finance a business. So then we have to take a step back with that individual and say, here are some of the things you can consider as you weigh your decision and decide if this option is the best for you. For example, if you take out an SBA loan or some kind of loan, uh, does it make sense in that situation to consider the interest that you're going to pay on that loan? And how does that factor into profitability and total cost? The other thing you want to think about is if somebody's considering self-funding, well, that's in most cases using post-tax money as compared to, to pre-tax money. So it's really just about bringing all of the information together, encouraging uh, folks not to discourage any one strategy without learning entirely about all of the options and exploring them in depth. That's a great point. And just as you know, I share with clients that I work with, one franchise uh, does not fit all. I mean, right. there's very specific, uh, I guess, attributes to franchises that appeal to one individual or another. It really is the same with funding. There, It, it is a very personalized process. And yep. that's what Benetrends is there to help clients uh, navigate those waters, wouldn't you say? I would agree with that. We want to streamline the process and help educate where we can. All right. So what I would like to do now is shift gears a little bit and just highlight a couple franchise brands. And I'll give you uh, just some data on it. And you tell me from a financing standpoint, what would be required for an individual to be able to qualify for investment. Okay. Sure. We'll play a little game here. So <laughs> the first brand is called Fastest Labs. So Fastest Labs is a drug, alcohol, and DNA testing franchise. And uh, it does require what we call Class B real estate. Uh, it is not a home-based business model. The average investment is going to be between 90000 and a hundred and let's say 120000 at the high end. So for somebody interested in this brand specifically, what would the minimum requirements for qualification be? Yeah, if we're talking specifically about liquidity again, if we're thinking about that that very entry level, and we go back to our example of uh, a lender usually looking for an equity injection of around twenty to thirty percent. If we think about that project, that's a hundred thousand dollars. In most cases, the bank may say to a borrower, "Okay, we want to see that you can put around twenty to thirty thousand towards this project, and we're going to finance." the remainder of your project costs. That's a good estimation to use. Now, again, every individual is going to have a different situation for post-closing liquidity. The bank is going to want to see that there's something left over for, for the individual to cover some of their debt service for a reasonable period of time. That can give you an estimation for, for purposes of really getting in on the ground floor and thinking about what a lender might look for for a cash perspective. 
So I know back during uh, the COVID times, uh, when banks were looking at funding franchise opportunities, they were requiring, in addition to whatever the initial cash injection was, so in this scenario, you said between 20 and 30,000, they mm -hmm. were requiring an additional amount um, set aside in a bank account or an additional amount of cash liquidity that could be leveraged if needed. What are those requirements in today's environment? Yeah, and that's what we're referring to when we say post-closing liquidity. I wish I could give you a number, Stacy, and say this is the, the magic number, if you will, that every bank is going to look for an individual to have this. But it's going to depend a lot about is the individual leaving their job? What are some of their expenses that they have personally? Uh, does the lender have uh, a flat level, if you will, of liquidity that they like to see? It's going to be a little bit different from, from individual and scenario. Post-closing liquidity, though, is a very important. There has to be that cushion, like you said, if you will, once that cash injection is made. Part of the pre-qualification process that Benetrans assists candidates with can help them determine what that pre-qual or excuse me, what that post-closing liquidity number should look like from a lender's perspective, if you will. Okay, fair enough. Um, so the next brand I would like to uh, use as a scenario would be Forever Young Anti-Aging. So Forever Young Anti-Aging is a wellness uh, brand, and the, the investment range is going to be, let's say, anywhere between $380,000 up to $700,000 and ebb and flow a little bit. But uh, it is a more significant investment level. It is much more capital intensive just from... Uh, what is needed to operate the business. So what would the qualifications for that type of opportunity look like? Yeah, we've got something of a range there, right? Because there's real estate involved and that's going to look very different in, in a lot of different situations. So let's use a, a middle ground number, if we will, of $500,000. And going back to that assumption of a lender might look for 20 to 30% cash injection, on a $500,000 project, that's going to be around $100,000 to $150,000. So a little more liquidity could be required there. And I think that could be a scenario where potentially combining the ROBS process, if somebody needs to utilize cash from their retirement funds in, condition, uh, in coordination with an SBA loan, might make sense in some scenarios. All right. Um so what, I guess for individuals, on a last note, Kristen, for individuals that are interested in exploring franchise opportunities, what, what does the first, say, first, second, and third steps look like uh, with Benetrends in helping them navigate what their buying opportunity is? Absolutely. I, I think that's a great question. I would say the first is always to talk to one of our team of experts, right? We've got a fantastic team of uh, funding consultants in-house who can offer a complimentary consultation. Sit down with that individual and really get to know them a little bit better. What's the business opportunities that they're looking at? Uh, have they decided on a business opportunity? What does their financial portfolio look like? So we can start to really dive into whether or not any of these options make sense. 
Uh, and from there, if it's something such as SBA uh, that makes sense, we can walk through that free pre-qualification with them. That pre-qualification isn't going to cost you anything or commit you to anything. Uh, it's not going to damage your credit score to uh, help you understand what size SBA loan might make sense for you. Uh, so we're really here to help educate you on those different options and get you the information that you need to make an educated decision on financing. Fantastic. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for sharing, well, let's just say diving into what franchise funding may look like for an individual. And I think it's just, I think it's so important that individuals many times think that business ownership is with outside their reach, that they don't have the capital uh, to really start a business. And you know, there are experts like Benetrends, uh, myself, that can help them navigate those waters. But I see individuals day in and day out that are pleasantly surprised at the opportunities that are in front of them that they could take advantage of to become their own boss. So again, Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, certainly, you are a trusted expert for me. You've worked with a number of my clients, and I look forward to sending you more in the future. Thank you so much for having me today, Stacy. This was great, and uh, I look forward to helping. Fantastic. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye.